Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Deidre. And I'm Megan. And today we have a really special guest on our podcast. It's my friend, Samaita Graver, who lives um, like Lancaster County, right? Out in Pennsylvania. And we met online. Uh, we are internet friends. What, back in, I was trying to think of this. Was it 2014, 15, 15? The beginning, beginning of 15. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe how long ago. Well, X, well, we, um, I like to call her X because it's easier to say and honestly type when I'm texting her, but tell us a little bit about yourself. You know what? I hate that, that question. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you know, when you guys sent me the stuff, I'm like, uh, I hate, well, I'm whatever. Anyway. So, um, oh, also I, wear many hats. I wear many hats. So of course, Hold you up. know, yes. I want to make sure that everybody knows you're an Enneagram 8 because I think that's going to provide the context for how you're responding to all of our questions right now. So <laughs> go ahead. Because, <laughs> you know, this is where I kind of feel four-ish, like, oh, well, you know, I'm the mom, the grandma, <laughs> the wife. <laughs> like, I'm so much more. <laughs> so anyway, um, I you know, I hate being put in a box, so... Uh, Yes, I am Samaita Graver. I um, was born in the States, but uh, grew up in Puerto Rico the second half of my life. So um, I'm definitely Puerto Rican is what I say. My parents are Puerto Rican. Um, And so, like I mentioned, I am, you know, a mom, a sister, wife, (laughs) grandmother. Um, But I am uh, mostly, uh, when I think of myself, I am definitely passionate about um, people and community and unity. And so that drives a lot of what I do. And I also am passionate about food. I love eating, but I love to serve food and I love to help people that are food insecure as well. So, and we have eaten your food. Oh, yes, you have. Is that or a pork, right? Yes. It was so good. It was. It was good. <laughs> well, even your own podcast, I think, has a little nod to that, the truth, salt, and spice. And you it always does. make people tell you at the end, what spice would they be? That's fascinating to me because I basically use like salt and pepper and maybe add some garlic in every once in a while. So definitely love, I'm, I'm intrigued by people who enjoy cooking. To me, it's a survival skill. It's not like an art form. So anytime someone just loves it and, and can taste all the differences and aromas, like I'm just kind of geeked out that you're like that. That's amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I learned how to cook really early on because my mom as a single mother she would come home late from work because she worked um, far away and with traffic. And so I really took on cooking because, you know, you come home at three, you're already hungry. Excuse me. And then by seven, six thirty o'clock, whatever my mom came home to eat, it just wasn't happening. Um, so I found an, a creative outlet there. I love that they call it culinary arts because it is an art. I don't cook by measuring. I just throw things. And when they taste good, then it's done. <laughs> the souls <laughs> of my ancestors scream out and say, you've arrived. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know why I have that connection with food. I can't think of anything specific of why, um, feeding people is important, but, um, I mean, I know that it meets a biological need. We all need to eat. Um, but there's something about serving food that feeds the soul. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I really enjoy that. Um, probably some people are thinking she's an eight, but you know, I'm a social eight. So that explains everything. If you know about 
And also that two space that eights can, you know, in that security. So just with your maturity and your walk with the Lord and the study that you've done and the fact that you're really good at cooking, I mean, I'm sure that's a very secure space for you. And so going into that two space where you're nurturing other people through that, I can definitely see how that plays into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the byline for your bio should be the very last thing that you just said, that you love. Oh, write it down because I I hate coming up with those things too. (laughs) Well, you you do. You love to feed people at the soul level. You know, it's not just about food or platitudes. You really, even when you just post on Facebook, like you just, you have these deep soul connections that you easily give and uh, connect with others. So I think that's a really great way to sum up who you are. (laughs) You're welcome. I was, yeah, I, you can, I can pay me for the chat. PR that I'm doing. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> when I make money, I'll hire you. Um, <laughs> I um, I can do chit chat and talk about menial things, but I mean, as much as I love hanging out with people, um, sometimes I can take them or leave them. And if I'm gonna invest in folks, let's just make it worthwhile. I get that. I get that at a really deep level and I'm not an eight, but I totally get that. I have a love hate relationship with the humankind. It's so funny. I was thinking about you the other day because we just did like an, like a small Enneagram retreat with a bunch of women. And there was at least one of every single Enneagram number there, except eight and eight, there was no eight. And I was like, Oh, you know, eights just, they probably don't like these weekends with like all sappy cry love fest. And I'm like, no, I spent two weekends like that with you and you were all over it. So like how, tell me, I don't know much about the subtypes. I'm, I decided that was my goal for 2021 to learn yeah. about the social, the one-on-one and the self-pres subtypes. So I know you've talked about being a social eight, but what else have you learned in your journey as an eight that where you can really engage, not just at a soul level, but in those deep emotional places that doesn't necessarily come naturally for you? Well, I think when we talk about the Enneagram, we have to take into consideration um, uh Oh, what's the word escapes me? Um, well, like I said, I'm Puerto Rican. So um, nationality or come on, help me out here. Ethnicity. I'm a blank in the word. I'm sorry. Ethnicity. Yeah. What, cultural you know, background. Culture, culture. Thank you. Cultural okay. background. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be, you can still be American and have cultural background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up in a culture that's very passionate. And so we're not afraid to show um, passion. Now, um, Eights are passionate, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it may come with uh, a feeling kind of thing. You know, people tend to be taken aback because of the force, but we're very passionate in how we express ourselves. Our our language is very poetic. So I grew up and that was normal. Mm. And um, also we come from a culture that loves telenovelas, which are, you know, your soap operas kind of thing. And so that's all drama and passion and feeling. So I grew up immersed in all of that. So that was, it's never been uncomfortable. Um, So I've seen it, I've seen it expressed, but it wasn't necessarily that I engaged in it, but I'm not also averse to it. So that made it a bit easier as I grew up and matured to engage in that, in that part of, of being human. Um, So, so there's that context as well. I also am huggy and I, Apparently, eights aren't, but I grew up in a very huggy um, family and like huggy and we kind of bite each other and nibble and like it's just like very, (laughs) yes, very physical. And um, so that's just how I grew up, you know, and 
um, personal space? Like, what's that? You know? Um, so that I think also makes me a bit different or maybe a lot different. Um, and so that's how I grew up, you know, very affectionate. And then as I grew and, you know, to adult and matured, um, I remember if we talk about wings, I think I was more of a wing nine. Like I really heavily uh, relied on that as a, um, child teenager because I was actually kind of um reserved and I um I was more either that or I I really had a dysfunctional childhood so either that or I was really stuck in bad five vibes mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the two because I wasn't confrontational I would stay to myself I had different groups of friends like fives they didn't know about each other which is ironic and um that you know now that I know the Instagram it's like wow that's interesting because I had my nerdy group and my normal group. And then I had my pothead group, you know, I liked all these people. Uh, Now I didn't smoke pot. Not that I would care to confess that. I just really liked those folks. They were hilarious. Um, So they would all be high and be funny. And I just be standing there and having a good time with them because, you know, they were all crazy. But um, so I had all these, you know, groups, but I never just stuck with one. And I think part of that was, I was afraid I can say now to be known and to be vulnerable. So if I wasn't just at one, they really would not, you know, get to be in, in. They're very, 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 gosh, you know what? I was going to say very few people, but I didn't really have anybody that I let in at all growing up. Um, so I, I really didn't have that closeness. I felt most comfortable around um, old people. Mm-hmm. Those, those were my people. Like I didn't, I spend time with my peers, but old people, like I would sit at their feet and I would listen to stories and I would talk and, you know, I was an old soul in that way. And with them, I felt very comfortable. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any friends that I would sit and, you know, talk about my fears or my whatever, like that just, it wouldn't even occur to me. Um, and I didn't grow up in a household that we spoke about feelings and stuff either. So in that way, even though we were very physically affectionate, we didn't, you know, get deep at all. So I did not learn that. Um, what happened with me is I actually studied um, to become a transformational coach um, back in 2000. Oh my gosh, when was that? It's minus 13, two years before that would have been about 2011 or so. And um, that really helped me to actually open up and get in touch more with myself. Um, So that started the transformation, even for myself. Um, What drew you to that? Were you having some relational conflict that you were trying to figure out how to get through? Or had you already experienced some levels of healing or community and you wanted that more of that? No, I had my, one of my children <laughs> went off the deep end and <laughs> we sent them to a, uh, to a at-risk youth uh, boarding school okay. and they treated the, the, well, I just say the children, the teens, it, it was more of a systemic approach. So it wasn't, oh, we're here to fix your kid. What's going on at home? How can you all incorporate? And right. the method they used for the kids and then the families was through transformational coaching. Okay. that's awesome. And to go visit your kid, you at least had to do this one um, workshop 
And then after that, you can continue and do others. I really liked the first workshop. And then I went and did all of the other ones. Um, And then after that, I'm like, ooh, I really love this transformational coaching thing. I could use this with uh, the boys or finish it. I volunteered in Guatemala. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ironically, um, I, I did help with a couple of workshops there, um, but not necessarily with transformational coaching. Um, so that, that door never really opened, but that's how I went into it. And really, I think it was just for me (laughs) (laughs) to help me, um, be more flexible and not so rigid and, um, uh, standoffish to be more open to people and and different things. Cause I definitely was closed. I was very suspicious of everybody. (laughs) Was that before you learned about the Enneagram? Like where, where did you come across the Enneagram and figured out that you were an eight? I came across the Enneagram. Gosh, do I remember? No. About three years ago or so. Somebody mentioned that, you know, Jana. Um, yeah. She had mentioned doing something and we took some tests or whatever. I was like, eh, whatever, you know, but that passed by. And then somebody else mentioned it that I respected. And I thought, all right, let me try this out. And that's when I um, got the book, uh, The Road Back to You. And um, that started everything. So around the time that book came out. So whatever year that was, that's when I took it more seriously. Excuse me. That's funny because when I first learned about the Enneagram and I was like, I don't get this. I'm not these numbers. And I was like, X, help help me figure out what I am. And you were like, read the book. And that was your only answer for like a year and a half. (laughs) Well, she already knew that the test didn't work. That's why she didn't like it the first time. (laughs) Yeah, the test put me, I think, as a seven. And I remember thinking, oh, okay. But I think it's that wing seven. Um, And even after I did that, I did pay uh, the Enneagram Institute. What was that? Is that what it is? Like the $12 test? Mm -hmm. That had me high eight, seven, and then one. I think those were my top three. Um, But, you know, all about um, what your motivation is. Even after reading and studying, I'm sorry, I have sinus issues. I have to clear my throat. Hold on. <clears throat> All right. Um, I remember thinking, I just don't fit in 100% with the eight. The motivation was there. But this whole thing of just pissing people off for the sake of it, like it just, I'm like, I'm not like that. Um, or to start cursing just to see if somebody will stick around. I'm like, don't stick around. Why do I have to? Like, that just <laughs> made sense to me. Or why would I want to do that? Um, certain things that people said that were, you know, very eight-ish or being like not affectionate and kind of, you know, what I, and I'm just like, I don't know. So those kind of things always had me kind of reeling. So I listened to this podcast with, uh, this guy's name always messes me up. Hurts? 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 Oh, Christopher. Yeah. Yes, Chris, that guy. Yeah. And um, he was speaking and uh, it was with um, the Sleeping at Last Guy podcast Mm -hmm. and and all the songs of all the different Enneagram numbers. And he was talking about the eight and he mentions that he's a social eight. And when he starts describing himself, I was like, that's what was missing. (laughs) Like the subtype is context for personality and preferences and things. Yeah. So you have um, sexual um, and uh, self-preservation and social. So those are subtypes. And so it all made sense to me then why I felt so different and not so aggressive because each number has a counter type and the social eight is the counter type. They are less aggressive, less 
all this other stuff than the other eights. So that does, so I know the countertype to a four is the, um, aggressive, uh, the one-to-one four, the sexual yeah. four, which mm-hmm. can often look like an eight. So is the countertype to the eight, do they look like a four or is that, is that not like a, I've never heard that. I haven't studied it in depth like that. Um, but I don't know. Cause sometimes I'm like, listen, I'm like, I can identify with some four and I know ultimately we have a little bit of each number in us, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's, that's because of the whole, um, how we speak in Spanish, very poetic and the soap operas that we watch and whatever, but I, I can connect like, you know, at an emotional level, like I, I'm, uh, I tell my husband, it's like, I don't need anything from you because I can pretty much do anything myself, but I'm kind of emotionally needy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, one question I definitely want to ask you since we've got a one, a four and an eight all sitting here, um, about criticism. I know yeah. for a one, when they are criticized, it's really hard because it's reinforcing that inner critic already telling them what's wrong for a four who gets criticized. It's like reinforcing that something's missing and that you're, you're never going to do it. Right. Um, and so it like, it's hard not to take it personally for both a one and a four. What about when an eight receives criticism? Does it hit you at a personal level or can you like see the objective context of it and dismiss it or take it depending? It depends on who it comes from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I rarely take things personally. Um, I can, I can, when somebody mentions something, if it's true, it's true. I may not like it, but <laughs> it's true, you know? Um, and I'm the first one to be like, well, these are my faults. And like, oh, well, <laughs> take me or leave me. What can I say? I'm trying, I'm a work in progress. Um, but I think if, um, I, I know that I have uh, known that there's, certain relationships that if they are um, already difficult and it's, it's based in um, a lot of friction, then I tend to be more like, are you trying to jab or hurt me or are you trying to point something out? And there, there it's hard for me. That kind of makes to, sense though. To be, when you think about that, like betrayal issue, because that's yes. really a big fear for eights that it's not so much that they're seeing a fault in you, but it's more suspicious of the motive of what they're, yes. why they're saying it. So that, that does fit. And I can see where that would be different than the way I would hear it as a one. Yeah. Um, because if you point something out that I've done, I'm like, yeah, I did it. I'm like, sorry, you know, and I don't have a problem, you know, apologizing, seeing the fault. I may not, um, I don't grovel when I say, I'm sorry. If I say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because if I'm not sorry, I'm not saying on. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so no, I'm not sorry and uh, sucks to be you. Um, but uh, if I've hurt somebody, you know, and I, I, I can definitely be like, I really, and I did not intend to, like that does bother me. If I intend to, I, I Jesus needs to like work in me because I'm, I can be very <laughs> stubborn of like, I don't care. Like you're a jerk. And so there you go. <laughs> you got what you deserve. Um, but, uh, and people that's not good. It's not Christ-like. I know it. So I, no, I, I like that you threw in there. <laughs> Jesus needs to work on me. That's, Hey, we're work in progress. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, where was I going with this? I need to throw that in there. Uh, so yeah, when I, when I hurt somebody and it, especially, you know, if it's unintentional, I do get horrified. Like, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It, like that was not my intention at all. Um, now I will say that if you're somebody that gets hurt by every little thing, 
after a whole hot minute, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't my intention. So take it or leave it and move on. These sorries are just not going to be coming out of my mouth much. You, you need to do work on yourself. because <laughs> I can't be walking around in eggshells and be in a relationship with you. That's just not happening. Um, yeah, that's made it really interesting because we're in, we're in a, well, we have been in multiple Facebook groups together with a bunch of women and I really enjoy watching you kind of, um, engage in conversation sometimes because people might ask a question and if you are, you're going to come up at it, honestly, I mean, you're an eight. So you're like, oh, you wanted an opinion. Here's my opinion. And if it's not what they want to hear and all of a sudden their feelings are hurt, you're like, well, you're not going to apologize. Like you asked and I told you the honest truth. (laughs) And it's been kind of refreshing just to see that, like someone who's like not intentionally hurtful or confrontational, but just like, no, you asked for an opinion and that, that this is what I see. And it's just been kind of fun to watch that happen and play out. It's like your love language too. Like, you know, why would you, you don't want people to hide the truth from you. So why would you hide it from them? So you're like, Hey, here's my love to you. You want to know I'm offering you truth. And if they don't receive it, that really is on them or just a communication (laughs) breakdown maybe of people speaking different love languages. Well, I've had to learn to communicate differently too. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that I do enjoy about online is I actually can sit back and think a little bit before I talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even so people are still like, Whoa, you, you don't want to be there if I actually open my mouth without thinking. <laughs> um, but coaching has really helped me to be able to formulate things that to be direct, um, but still be loving as much as possible. But one thing that I think people need to know about it in eight is, I mean, I guess if I'm angry and you know, I'm in that vengeful thing because you did something to hurt me or betray me, like it can be vicious, really bad. But when we speak, well, when I speak, 98% of the time, it is not, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I really don't. It's just what came to my mind and I'm sharing it with you. And at least for me, if I'm actually opening my mind and telling you something, it's a gift because I know a lot of people don't want to hear anything. So I just sit back and I'm just like, oh, sucks to be you because what's coming, you can't handle it. (laughs) So, and I do, I sit back and I'm like, just watching the train wreck, just about to happen, (laughs) you know? Um, But if people don't take my advice or heed what I say either, I don't take it personally either because you have free will, go do whatever you want to do. so th- there's, there's that, but we generally do not, we're not mean spirited. Right. And I think people think that because you're direct and, and, you know, say things without beating around the bush, that it comes from a mean spirit. And in general, it isn't, it isn't mean spirited. Yeah, I can see that. I, um, I want to hear a little bit from you about as you were reading and you were like, okay, so this this is me. And I know you said something about the social, but some of like you said you could identify with the core longing and fears and that stuff. Is, is there anything that you just remember like that aha moment for you when you go, Oh, that's, that's why this rings so true. I remember as a child wanting to cry, but I would not cry in front of people because I would not give them the satisfaction. Oh, wow. And that was a, uh, like, it wasn't, fear of crying, it was, I'm not going to show you weakness because that was weakness. And I knew that was, that was it. Like, um, 
people that cried too much or were too vulnerable, whatever, that was a sign of weakness for me. People that just would, something would happen to them and they want to just go and do something to fix it. Like I always found weak, like what is wrong with you? You're sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, I think part of that is eight. I think also part of that is how I grew up. Um, I'm not sure if my, my father falls into one of those aggressive um, stances. Um, he could very well be a seven or um, sometimes I think he's a bit three-ish, but he, he can be pretty aggressive. So seven or eight for sure. And so I definitely grew up um, not, I didn't hear vulnerability is weakness, but I definitely grew up with, you don't let people mess with you. Yeah. And so I think I already ha- was predisposed for that personality. And so I was definitely then grew up very like people are, be, you know, to be suspected, don't mess with me. Don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> Here's a little story. I was in fourth or fifth grade and there was this bully kid, whatever. He's walking around hitting people with umbrellas. And I don't remember what I did. I stepped up and there's this little group. This is here in the States. It wasn't in Puerto Rico. And um, I was like, go ahead and hit me, you know, kind of thing. And he opened that umbrella and you know how it it didn't open, but it shoots out one of those with a button and hit me right in the forehead. Oh my gosh, did that hurt? But I stood there and just stared him right in the face and would not like break that. And he was taken aback and that was the end of it. Like I wanted to cry so bad because it it hurt. (laughs) You know, but nope, I'm not showing you and you're not messing with me. Um, This was in fifth grade. A boy, this was in Puerto Rico. He lifted up my skirt. I punched him (laughs) in the face. So they wanted to suspend me. And my dad came in. It's like, you're not suspending her. And then he went and looked at the dad and (laughs) said to the dad, I don't know what you're doing here. I'd be embarrassed if I had a boy and a girl beat her up, beat him up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's how I grew up. And I was in a boxing club as a kid. My dad, um, who's not, (laughs) we all are. (laughs) You weren't in a boxing club. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's so much fun. I was the only girl, but you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I I was, I mean, can you get more eight ish than that? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I love it. We love our eights. It's okay. I actually wanted to push back on the physicality part of it a little bit. Yes. Maybe they're not known for being cuddly, but I do like they're in that gut anger triad. And I think they do have a lot of physical, I'm saying they, as though you're not one, but eights as a group, mm-hmm. they have a lot of physical stamina and it makes sense that they need to be like expressed through their body. Um, I don't know. My brother was always wrestling something or tagging something. Every, even as an adult, every time I walk by, I get a hug from him and he'll just, or he'll start rubbing my shoulders or just something to kinetically like, yeah connect body to body. Um, so that kind of makes sense, even though maybe they're not like warm, fuzzy all the time. Maybe you'd have to be more in that security relationship to have that two space there kind of serving in that space more and resting in that. But, um, I do think that sort of makes sense. Just kinesthetic people. (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, in those tests that you do to see, you know, which is your highest learning, um, what is that modality called? Whatever, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. My visual and kinesthetic are like even yeah, really high. And yeah. then my listening hearing was like <laughs> down here. I really had to um, learn how to be more auditory um, through coaching um, for sure, because I, I don't learn well by listening, but that was another thing that made it 
a, a better just human to be able to listen more is to go through that coaching. You know, I want to go back to um, when I figured out it was a social eight. Chris mentioned in that podcast interview that we eights are really good at um, transparency, mm-hmm. but we we people confuse that then with um, vulnerability. And then we actually hurt a lot of people because they think we're really close friends when we're not. And I was oh. like, oh my gosh, yes. yes. Wow, that makes sense. There are a lot of people, I think, that think that we're really, really close. And I mean, I don't mind talking to them, but really they just talk about themselves. I'm not sharing anything about my life. <laughs> and I remember this one relationship I had and I, I stopped going to the church I was going to and I didn't tell her. We never even hung out. And she was so hurt. She called me on the phone. I can't believe you didn't tell me. I said, I didn't realize we were friends. Oh my gosh. She almost jumped off a bridge because she was so mad at me. And I'm like, we never even hang out. What is wrong? Like what in the world? And I told the people that are close to me. Like, and it's like, what do you want me to say? What do you want from me? (laughs) It was, I was so confused, but going fast forward and your gram. And then I listened to Chris say that I'm like, Oh, dad, poor people. I felt bad. <laughs> oh my word. Are we friends X? You and me? Are we friends? <laughs> Don't say no. You just lie. It's fine. <laughs> she no, I will tell you something. I told another four. No, I said, I, we have, I have levels of friendships. It's like a, a, a bullseye. I have my core three and then there's, outer, you know? And so you're, you're closer to the bullseye. Aw. Okay. <laughs> well, it's cause you, it's cause you let me cuddle you. That's true. <laughs> hey, here's my question. I don't know. Deidre's probably telling me it's about time to wrap up. I can see it in her eyes, but, um, since learning about the Enneagram, yeah. what has God taught you? Like what journey have you come on with that tool specifically? I know you just said like that brought you some awareness, like in that relationship specifically. Um, but how else has he kind of shaped you through learning about that part of yourself? I still struggle with this. Um, it's really, I don't try not to be vulnerable, but it's still really hard to, to go there. Because it's not, you know, as eights, we do first, think second, and then our, our repressed is, is um, feeling. And so it's not that I don't mind. It just doesn't come to mind because if I am being vulnerable, I feel incapacitated. And so I feel paralyzed. I can't do when doing is my first, you know, instinct. And that feels very uncomfortable. Um, so being able to sit there um, longer is, is coming a little easier. Um, not being so reactive and, you know, and sitting back has been more helpful. The other thing that I picked up along the way is knowing that Jesus was betrayed mm. and for the sake of us and um, that that'll be okay if I'm betrayed mm. and, you know, God is there. He's consistent. He's not going to betray me. Um, and, and that he's enough. So, and I'm saying this through my mouth, (laughs) but it's still a work in progress in my heart. So my, Mm -hmm. my brain knows it. It's still, you know, learning to, to do that. Um, I even had an issue last night and, um, I was surprised at how I brought it up and just tears started flowing. And as I'm crying there, 
I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> and, you know, and, but I just let it, I, I didn't question it. And then I moved on. I didn't explode in anger because generally then I, I feel uncomfortable. Then the anger comes up because I let my tears out and I don't want to show you my tears. And, you know, there's that inner struggle. Um, but so I'm, I'm growing, growing in that and that, and I know in my head, that's one of the things that I learned, um, through coaching, learning to be a coach is that vulnerability was not weakness. So I already had that already growing by the time I hit the Enneagram. So that helped, um, you know, by the time I, I, I started studying it. So I would say that that's kind of where I'm at still some days is better than are better than others. Um, but you know, knowing the truth, it's, you know, it'll, it, we behave differently when we know differently. Right. That's good. That's really good. I think the biggest key there for all of us, no matter what that core fear is, is that if Jesus already did it for us, whatever that is, we don't have to keep working to secure it for ourselves because people will hurt us, betray us, wound us. You know, I mean, this is just the nature of the fact that we're all imperfect. Um, so what, no matter what type you are figuring out what that truth is for you that Jesus has already done just removes so much of the self-protection. Um, for me, I wouldn't say that he would, you know, he took betrayal for me. I might say that he already washed me and cleansed me and I don't need to keep working on my own perfection, you know, but we all have something like that. And so that's, that's just the biggest key right there. It's beautiful. That's transformational because we can have all the awareness we want, but until we actually start laying some of that down that at the fear level, the core level, we're going to still be driven to do the first instinct, you know, whatever that first mm-hmm. instinct is. Yeah. I love watching your journey. I, I love just seeing who you are because you do share it so transparently. It's a, it is a gift to us. So thank you. You're welcome. It was an honor being on here. I was so excited. I was like, Megan, you want to be the A? I'm like, yes, yes, I do, I do. (laughs) So just a plug, um, Samida has her own podcast that we kind of referred to earlier called, well, you you tell us about it and where people can find you. Truth, Salt, and Spice. And you can find it on any any, uh, host podcast, um, Apple and Spotify and whatever. It's like on 10 different, um, what is that called? Formats, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so truth, salt and spice is just different conversations, um, about the truth being mean Jesus and how that's working in different people. And, um, salt comes from what are we, you know, how are we being salt to the world individually? And then like Deidre mentioned in the beginning, um, if you were a spice, which one would you be? And, uh, you know, how do you show up with that? Because we're all unique. And when we come to the table, we bring our unique selves and spice up conversations, people's lives, according to, you know, how God made us. So um, that is the premise. I started the podcast because I started seeing a lot online of um, a lot of self-help without Jesus, even though people were claiming, I shouldn't say claiming, Um, you know, this is me being a good aid in learning people, Christians out there you know, trying to change, but it was all me, 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 me. And I'm like, no, you really can't change without Jesus. And this is coming from a life coach. Like the training I had was very secular. Um, But without Jesus and being a Christian, really, you're just doing things on your own. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of, if you talked about scripture, then people were that you're judging me. And I'm like, honey, no, the scriptures are to be used for change and transformation. It says it's a double-edged sword. So that's kind of where I was just like, I'm going to put something out there and try to help people 
go back to God, (laughs) not self and truth, which is scriptures in the Bible. Um, We may not like what it says, but if you're a Christian, that's what you signed up for. So (laughs) (laughs) you get 10 stars from us, five stars, whatever it is. So you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a page, Truth, Salt, and Spice. Instagram, the same thing. Um, and there's a little blog thing that I just started because um, the, uh, the uh, oh my gosh, the platform that I use connected with uh, WordPress and they there's a website thing now. Awesome. So Truth, Salt, and Spice as well. Well, we'll post all those links on our show notes. And I want to do one more plug because we're still trying to talk her into coming with us in November to Colorado to be our eight expert. Except so if you cold. want to meet X in person, you should also come to our retreat this November 2021 in Colorado. It's going to be awesome weekend of girls, Enneagram, and Jesus and, and Zemaita. And hot tubs. So you won't be cold the whole time, X. It'll be fine. Yeah. Is that hot tub outside? Yes. <laughs> You would still have to get out into the cold. <laughs> You'll survive. Oh, great. <laughs> yes, because I'm strong. I'm an eight. <laughs> I will give you Thank a you seat girl. right next to the fireplace. <laughs> Sounds good. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries, and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for information and pricing about individual coaching sessions. And we even offer virtual and in-person staff training opportunities for your organization. You can also follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org. And while you're there, check out our retreat for this November 2021 in Colorado. We have registration live and we would love to see you there.